miserable little bag of puke. Nag, 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 nag. But unlike some people, I have a heart, goddammit. You're listening to the dirtiest motherfucker in Texas. Let me clear my throat! On Fat Guy Loves Cake. Ahoy, ahoy, and welcome to Fat Guy Loves Cake. It is February 23rd, 2022. I am, as always, very, very pleased to have you on my show. How's everyone doing? If this is your first time on Fat Guy Loves Cake, I just talk about whatever and I try and be entertaining. If you are a returning listener, thank you. (laughs) Trying to make a name for myself here. So please keep tuning in. So far, I've only had one bit of negative press, and that's been with a group of clowns. Oh, man, that's three episodes in a row that I've mentioned the clowns. I just can't seem to let it go. So, what's been going on in my mind? Well, let me tell you what's been going on in my mind. (laughs) I'm going to have wicked bad hot burn in the morning, because I just literally ate seven glazed donuts, okay? Here's the thing. I started my diet today, for real, okay? I know I talk about it all the time. I know that I say I'm going to diet, and I really mean to, you know. I mean, I used to diet. I also used to, too. Mitch Hedberg joke there, but I I started off my day with a turkey sandwich on the lowest calorie, all-natural wheat bread you could have. And I made this fantastic dinner of peas and carrots, mixed vegetables, and skinless chicken. And it, and I had a had a huge serving of it too. And then my sister calls me and she's like, Do you want anything from the grocery store? And I said, Yeah, pick me up a dozen donuts. I was like, fuck, man. So I'm like to handcuff myself to a radiator and have someone bring me bread and water, change my bucket every couple of days, because I can't stop eating. I watched this episode of Family Guy last night where he's obsessed with this song called The Bird. I don't know if that's the name of the song, but uh, if you've not seen the episode or maybe if you happen to grow up in the 1950s, there's a song that goes, uh, you know, bird, 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 the bird is a word, that's a bird, 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 the bird is a word. And Peter becomes obsessed with it and he's playing it all the time. It's a real catchy tune. And there's this part that breaks down where... Like, the song stops, and then this guy, is he goes, And that sent me off down the rabbit hole, because my father, who was a total square, he always had the radio station tuned to oldies. If you grew up in the 80s, then you'll know. I don't know if it's even called that anymore, but oldies was like 1950s music. You know, the Beach Boys... And, you know, like the Dirty Dancing soundtrack, anything on that, or the Back to the Future soundtrack, all those 50 songs that were very pure. He always had that radio station on, so I knew all these songs. And which is fucked up, because he, he actually should have been in the generation that was listening to 60s music, like my mother, who loved Hendrix. But my father always had these oldie songs on, and he never listened to the shit that was really great. I mean, the 60s... I did not grow up in the 60s, or even anywhere near it, but what a fantastic era in music that was. It was really cool as I got older, and I had pretty much listened to everything that had come out since I'd been alive. Learning about the music from the 60s became like this whole new you know, catalog of things for me to listen to that were all brand new to me, even though they'd been around for fucking ever. 
there's still music in the 60s and 70s I have yet to even hear. But that, that buried is the word that I, I f- can't stop thinking about that part of the song. There was this song, you can Google it, look it up on YouTube, whatever, and it's called Blue Moon from the 50s. And it starts off like this. I'm going to imitate it as best as I can. It goes... Something like that. Like, that's the the song starts like that. There's no music. There's no intro. There's no stick count. It's just a guy doing that, right? This is a very, very popular, famous song. And it got me thinking about that because of that The Boy It Is The Lloyd song, you know, where he's like... When I was in a band and I used to write songs, you know, I'd write them on my guitar, I'd come up with some vocals, and then I'd play it for the rest of the band. You know, I'd go to practice and I'd go, hey, check out this song I wrote. Ding, 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 strum my guitar, sing my vocals, you know, and then maybe, but I never, like, how did someone approach their bandmates in the 50s? A very wholesome time. You wouldn't expect a whole lot of, I mean, well, what the fuck do I know? I mean, Elvis was on all, like, fucking tons of drugs, and so was Johnny Cash, but I don't think they had bath salts in the 50s or meth. But could you imagine, like, say say you've got a group, right? you got this wholesome, like, white fucking cornflake fucking group. Everybody's wearing, like, a, a lettered vest, okay? Not a lettered jacket, a lettered vest. All right, their shoes are shined. They got khakis on. They got fucking buzz cuts. They are white as the driven snow. You got four of these gentlemen all have a group. And they're trying to make a hit. And they're playing things like, Okay, so everyone that's heard a song similar to that at that time is trying to write other songs like that because it's what's popular. And then in practice, you know, um, Bradley (laughs) shows up into the garage and he says, guys, I got this, this great idea for a song. Okay. All right. Now just hear me out. And they're like, okay, well, what is it? What, what key does it start in? Uh, No, no, no. Don't worry about that. It's going to start with the vocals. Oh, so you're just going to be like, you know, lead us in with a few words and then no, no, no. Just listen, okay? I, I've been I've been working on it all night. And they're like, okay, okay, cool. And he's like, don't touch your instruments. Okay. <laughs> so what do you, what do you think? They're like, well, Bradley, I think it sounds like you're having a stroke. Are you having a stroke? No, brah. That's the song. See, and then it goes, blue moon, blue moon, do, 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 do. That's when you guys all come in. And they're like, so let me get this straight. You're going to just do that. We're going to start our show with you going, how was it again? With a, yeah, yeah, it's great. Nobody else is doing it. Bradley, did you get into your mother's pill cabinet? No, I'm telling you, I heard this song, and this guy, like, I was watching this other band practice down the street. <laughs> you know, Stuart, and the, you know, Stuart, and his band, they got this song. I was watching them play it, and they, like, they played a verse, and then a chorus, and then a verse, and a chorus, and then they were like, okay, we need to have, like, a breakdown here. 
And then they were just sitting there and they were all just kind of like quiet and thinking. And then like Jeffrey, the bass player, he was like, and he was having a stroke, but the rest of the band liked it. So the singer decided, let's do that. They, they, and, and they added it into the song and it sounds awesome, man. So that's when I came up with Blue Moon. What do you think? And then nothing was off limited in the 50s and the music just became very, very, very silly. Very silly. These bands in the 50s, they all had multiple singers, you know, and if you don't know anything about like, let's say your barbershop quartet, you've got like your soprano and you've got your, uh, I don't know, what's the other fucking, you know, when you, when you have, my point is, is that you have one of the members is the bass, okay? He's the guy with the deep voice, you know? So when everyone's going, he's going boom, 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 boom. And there was always, the 50s had this awesome trend where songs would be like, You'd have the, the bass guy. It'd be like, and then you'd hear him go, yeah. <laughs> I sort of got put it on the 50s or oldie station or whatever, listen to a few songs, and at some point you're going to hear some guy go, yeah. <laughs> like a fucking cow mooing or something. 50s music. Earth Angel. Earth Angel, please be mine, my darling dear, I love you for all time, I'm just a fool, a fool in love with you, do 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 bo do 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I guess it's no weirder than like, what would a, what would practice be? Uh, for like a death metal band, you know, I mean, these are all like white pasty fucking kids. They're, they're, they're nerds. I'm sorry, but most death metal bands are fucking nerds. They're guys that have no friends who sit at home and obsessively play their instruments till be, they become like gods on them. And then they form an angry, angry band. And what's practice like the, like, like, <laughs> Like, okay, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Okay, all right. Jonas, I like what you're doing there. I tried to think of some really fucking white names. But Chet, Chet, I think that you should do that. That one thing you're doing. After the second verse, do it on the on the second time, okay? And he's like, oh, okay. So instead of on that part, on this part, I go, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to do that. Go, oh. And then, oh. Okay, I got it, bro. Got it, got it. Ooh, then ooh, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Chet. <laughs> I've never met anyone named Chet in my life. And I have. <laughs> and I grew up in, like, the whitest part of Texas. Oh, that was the name of the older brother in Weird Science. Uh, Bill Paxton. Rest in peace. You brilliant, brilliant man. If you don't know who Bill Paxton is, you might remember him as being one of the Wyatt brothers. In the absolutely flawless movie Tombstone, I'll Be You a Huckleberry. That's Val Kilmer. That's Val Kilmer playing Mr. Doc Holliday. If you haven't seen that movie, you should really do yourself a favor. Like, don't even fucking, like, stream it. Like, go out and buy the special edition DVD and watch it. And then watch it again 
and again until you know every single line in the movie, which you will. I won't even, if you see it once, you're not gonna, I, no one would have to force you to watch it again. It's one of those movies, even if you're not in the mood for it, like if you start watching it, you're going to finish it. But anyway, Bill Paxton was Chet in Weird Science. Remember Chet? He was <laughs> the buzz cut and he was fucking with the kids that made the, the woman out of the doll. Great movie. But he's like, his brother comes home drunk and he says, How about a nice greasy steak served in a dirty ashtray? <laughs> oh my god, Weird Science was one of those movies that was censored. If you recall, I, I had an episode not too long ago where I was talking about how funny censoring can be, how, how, how really hysterical censorship of TV movies can be. Weird Science. Not, a, not like a whole lot of swearing in that movie, but there's a scene where Anthony Michael Hall is talking about, like, he's drunk at this blues bar, and he's talking to all the other people that are at the bar. They're, they're all these black blues musicians, you know, they're real, real fucking, like, soul brothers. You know, the singer is like, man, man you, when you talk about it, you know how to sing the blues, man, yeah, what you got the blues? <laughs> and and Wyatt, the uh, that's the the younger brother of Chet. He's fucked up. And he's gotten so drunk that now he's talking like the black people in the in the blues band. And he's like, yo, man, I, I, I'm going to school with this girl and I couldn't get nothing from her. She had, she had the big, big titties. She had these big, big titties. And every time they censored it on TV, it would... And again, one of the greatest things about censoring on television is the fact that it's always somebody else's voice who sounds nothing like the person that recorded the original dialogue in the movie. So... It's like this. I was going out with the girl, you know, the one with the big, big bosom. You know, she had the big, big bosom. <laughs> and there's a, there's a part in that same scene where Wyatt goes to the bathroom. And you see him walk into the stall and sit down. And then the camera pans down. And you see that he has obviously just sat on some man's lap because there's a pair of trousers down around the ankles. And in the movie, he goes, well, goddamn. <laughs> and in the, in the TV version, he goes, well, golly. <laughs> Fucking gold, man. That is good stuff. Very, very good stuff. <laughs> I think Weird Science was a John Hughes movie. John Hughes was a fucking legend in the 80s, man. He made everything. The guy would write scripts. Mind you, movie scripts today, people write them. They take years sometimes to write them. But usually, 90 days is like a thrown-together Hollywood script. And John Hughes would write scripts literally in five days. And I'm talking about, if you don't know what John Hughes has written, okay, Pretty in Pink. The Breakfast Club, Weird Science, like I just mentioned, which I believe he did, okay? Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which I just happened to watch this afternoon. Still, still such a classic film. John Candy, rest in peace. What a brilliant comedian he was. Home Alone was written by John Hughes. Um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Uncle Buck, 16 Candles, Animal House, uh, oh, Fucking vacation, European vacation, Christmas vacation, three of the greatest movies ever made. I mean, that is, and this isn't, these aren't just 80s movies. We're talking about 
the first movie he ever made, which was Animal House, was 1978. And he made, well, he went on to make, well, direct, not right, but he, after Home Alone, he went on to do a bunch of movies like Dennis the Menace and Baby Stay Out and uh, 101 Dalmatians, but he didn't write those, he just directed them. Unfortunately, John Hughes uh, is now deceased, but if this man had gone on to live to this day, and a, if he had gone on to live to now, he'd have five times as many movies, and they'd probably all be five times better than the ones he had already made. This man was a genius, some kind of wonderful. I mean, every single movie, and he wrote them all in five days. Like, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, he wrote that because he got stuck going from New York to Chicago. He had a layover in Wichita, and he was stuck there for five days. He wrote the fucking movie while he was stuck in Wichita. Genius. Sorry, what can I say? I love talking 80s. I love talking 80s movies, man. It's just an unbelievably genuine, great-feeling time in the world, man. There was, well, you know, with the exception of the whole AIDS and crack thing that was happening under our noses. But, you know, and and the threat of nuclear war with Russia. But other than that, it was pretty cool, you know. Yeah, some really great things happened. You no, know, Michael Jackson caught on fire and Coke and Pepsi and Bill Cosby hadn't given anyone a hot Cosby yet. <laughs> You'd have a better chance of playing pickup sticks with your butt cheeks than ever finding a better decade than the 80s. I'll tell you what. If anyone has ever wondered if there's a guy in Texas who talks like Boomhauer, there is not. There's a shitload of them. And they sure do like propane. And come to the shop and they're like, yeah, man, get on down, come the propane run out, man. Back to the back down trailer, man. So, what do you get the old thing? So, so the cold water, man. I'm talking about freezing, man. So, Aaron sent me this thing earlier today, and apparently, there are going to be. Let me find it again. I gotta bring it back up. Oh, Jesus. Okay, yeah. So, Aaron sent me this thing today, and it's from Preparation H. If for some reason you don't know what Preparation H is, it is to treat hemorrhoids. If you don't know what hemorrhoids are, well, either do I. I know they have something to do with your ass. I hope I don't ever find out. But anyway, I know it's got something to do with your ass. Um, I don't know. You know what? Maybe I should just look it up. I mean, I honestly got... I don't know what a hemorrhoid is. I, I just have never had any reason to. Like, I never dated a woman that had hemorrhoids. I never, <laughs> that I know of. <sighs> hemorrhoids. Swollen veins in the lower part of rectum and anus that cause bleeding and discomfort. Well, yeah, that's pretty much what the fuck I thought it was. That's <laughs> mystery solved, yet not, because that is my nightmare of what a hemorrhoid is. Swollen, bleeding veins in your asshole. That's, that's fun stuff. So, back to what I was talking about. Aaron sent me this article from Preparation H. It says, Get to the bottom of your relationship by sending your partner one of our butt care-themed e-cards. <laughs> Feeling bold? Then share it on your social feed. 
Either way, you and your butt could win one of a bunch of great prizes, including an all-inclusive couple's getaway. <laughs> okay, well, with what Aaron sent me, I was totally going to go in another direction, and I'll get to that. But let me, this is the first time that I've actually read this, because Aaron prepared me for what it was before he sent it. But let's, let me dissect this. Get to the bottom of your relationship. It should be in quotations, but it's not. Get to the bottom of your relationship by sending your partner one of our butt care themed cards e-cards <laughs> it was feeling bold then share it on your social feed now and <laughs> translation <laughs> have no shame whatsoever don't care if the whole world knows about your bleeding ass post it on facebook <laughs> Either way, <laughs> either way, you and your butt could win one of a bunch of great prizes. I love how it's referring to you and your butt as if you and your butt are the couple that could win. It's not talking about you and your girlfriend because you've got a bleeding asshole. You don't have a girlfriend. Women don't date guys who bleed out the rectum. No, you, you and your butt and your donut can get on a plane. <laughs> with special hemorrhoid seats <laughs> and win a bunch of great prizes, including an all-inclusive couple's getaway. That should also be in parenthesis. <laughs> couple's getaway. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, unfortunately, I do not have a link to whatever the e-cards say, which would be just gold. Let me Google it and see if I can find it. But while I'm doing that, I have to comment on this might not be a bad idea. You could start. I mean, Hallmark is always about the feel-good cards, right? So why not? Uh, preparation H. Preparation H. Uh, e. Cards. Why not start a, an anti-Hallmark? You know, one that gives, like, bad news. Or one that... You know, just says shit that Hallmark doesn't. You don't, you wouldn't give a card to someone, or you wouldn't give a card to someone you don't like, but maybe you could. It could become like a thing, right? Instead of Hallmark, you've got like, uh, I don't know. I don't even know what Hallmark means. What's the opposite of Hallmark? Oh, Hall Dark. There we go. Hall Dark. <laughs> yes. Uh, copyright fact, I love cake. Hall Dark. A division of fact, I love cake. Incorporated. All right, so hold on. Before I get to Hall Dark here, let me find these Preparation H cards. Um, I'm not finding them. Oh, here we go. Preparation H lets butts do the talking in V Day E cards. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> God. How many times are they going to use puns because this involves people's asses? Preparation H encourages couples to let their butts do the talking with release of cheeky Valentine's Day E cards. Wow, look at the prizes. You. <laughs> Oh, get the fuck out of here. Two first prize winners. A beanbag chair for two. <laughs> A giant bag to put your bleeding ass on. <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess if you're going to do something, do it. Just go balls out and get it right. Preparation H believes the pinnacle of any relationship is feeling comfortable enough to open up about the uncomfortable. Yeah, there's nothing better than talking about your asshole with your girlfriend. She'll never tell her friends. <laughs> hey, this is my boyfriend I've been telling you about. Oh, the one with the bleeding ass. 
As the experts in Back There Care, we believe that real relationship goals mean that no topic is too taboo, including butt health. <laughs> butt health. I think that's what I'm going to name my next band. I'm going to be like an old school rock and roll glam rock giant fucking hairsprayed hair, leather pants, tight, tight leather pants, leather vest. We're going to be called Butt Health. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Butt Health. Wow, for all the articles that I am bringing up, I am getting nothing when it comes to the actual uh, Valentine's cards that, that they're supposedly running this contest were not even on their actual website. Really weird. In fact, even when I go to, I just all I'm finding of on images is let your butt do the talking Valentine's Day sweepstakes. I can't find the cards. Maybe you're supposed to make your own. I don't know. Okay, well, I give up on that. But let's get back to Halldark. You want a card for every occasion, right? Well, here at Halldark, we have just that card for you. Got that girlfriend that you gave herpes to, but just don't know how to tell her? Halldark. You have a card, it's like, Remember when I said that I didn't have herpes? She opens it up and it's like a picture of you like smiling with like doing jazz hands. And it's all, I lied. <laughs> We've been through so many hard times, up and down, good and bad. We have always managed to come through and stay together and last because of our love for each other. Then you open it, which is why I hope you'll forgive me because I fucked your sister. You could have a whole forgiveness section right i mean really you could cover anything just it could be as simple as please forgive me then you open it for that burning sensation that you need antibiotics for it's just a couple of days you have revenge cards you'd be like ex-girlfriend sends one to her ex-boyfriend it's like a psych front of it says i'm really sorry guy's like oh and then you open it it's got a cartoon picture of a guy with a tiny pecker it's like, <laughs> that you have a really small dick. Fuck you. <laughs> I think these could sell. I just don't think that any self-respecting card store is going to carry them. You're not going to see them in the Kroger Valentine's section, is all I'm saying. But I think I'm onto something. I do. Hey, if you got a great idea for a Valentine's Day Hall Dark card, send it to me at fatguylovescake at yahoo.com. That is an email. It is a direct contact to me, Joey Valentine, the man who makes your favorite podcast. You can catch me every Monday, every Wednesday, every Friday, early in the morning or you drive to work. I'm on Spotify. I'm on YouTube. I stay up late making these shows, so I hope you appreciate them. I ask for nothing in return but your loyalty. Everybody have a great hump day. I'll see you on Friday.
Cause she fucked that question with my ass and me in the mind This bitch is fine, I done came to the club I spent the lemon time now Can I play with your panty line? The club wanna say I need to calm down Security guards gonna swim me now Nigga drunk then a motherfucker threaten me now She getting drunk in the club, I mean she won't And then I like to see them females work Taking the clothes off, fucking naked And you hold on, disrespect it I put a pop, yo, pussy like this Cause you ain't twins in this V.I.S. Lil' John and the East Side boys with me And we all like to see ass and tears Now bring your ass over here, ho And let me see you get low If you want this dub, now take it to the floor to the If your ass on the act Then you can keep your ass where you at 